This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be grateful if you would leave a review at ratethispodcast.com slash Tamar, T-A-M-A-R. Thank you so much. And now we begin. ecstatic to bring my old friend from I don't even know like over a decade we've known each other for a really long time Jill Whalen she is she's like this expert in her craft but kind of walked away from it so I guess I'm going to talk about that um (laughs) and has been making been migrating lately so yeah I mean I guess I'll (laughs) I I give too much information out but um thank you so much for coming uh, thanks for having me, Jamar. Yeah, I think it's been um, more, much more than a decade, probably like 20 years now <laughs> since we first knew each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that ages me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it hasn't, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been that long. I, I got into it in about 2006, 2007, so it's got to be like, it is over a decade, but it's not that long. <laughs> I kind of wish yeah. it was, you know, what benefits you would have, I would have had if I started earlier. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So Jill and I know each other from the search engine marketing world. And Jill was this rock star of a SEO high rankings, if you will, official. <laughs> and it's no pun intended because, uh, but she ran her, she ran a site called highrankings.com and then walked away from it uh, because life came and got in the way and no regrets. So that's always the dream. So talk about like your history a little bit on that. Sure. Yeah. So I was doing the SEO thing for, I think it had been about, it was about 17 years at, at that point. And this was um 2013 and, you know, I, I loved it. It was my life. It was my passion. Um, I, I, I lived and breathed SEO, basically was a pioneer in the industry, pretty well known and, you know, went to all the conferences, spoke at conferences. And then I, at, at some point in 2013, I was, I mean, long before this, I was gaining weight and drinking too much, never having really eaten very healthy most of my life. And, you know, getting older, I was about... 50 at this point, um, you know, I was not just getting very unhealthy and I knew that I needed to do something about it or, um, you know, something bad would, or something really bad would happen. And, um, so I finally, after years of thinking about it, I always wish that, you know, if you just thought about things, it would happen, which actually kind of does now I know, but, <laughs> um, after years of thinking about it, I finally like, okay, I gotta lose the, some weight. And I wanted to lose about 25 pounds. I'd always been, you know, fairly thin most of my life. So I had never done diets. Um, and I always thought, you know, diets were weird or whatever. Um, and I, but so I wanted to make it be like a lifestyle change. I, I, I felt like that would be sustainable. Um, but I did have to lose the initial weight. So I, I just, you know, at Fitbits and things were fairly newer back then. I got a Fitbit and the, my, uh, fitness pal app. And so as a techie, you know, it was kind of, it actually was kind of fun doing that. I just was counting the calories using the apps, 
And um, but always at the time, still making uh, leaving space, leaving calorie space for my two at least two drinks a night because my husband and I were always going to bars at this point. I, our, my kids were grown up, um, and I and the thought of like giving up those drinks was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So with my limited like twelve hundred calories, I think it was, um, I made sure that I could have enough for my drinks, and um, you know, fit it in, and and I started. I had been doing yoga already for a couple of years, a little bit, a couple of times a week. Um, and I, th- I think actually that kind of, there's something about yoga that's magical that kind of changes your mindset a little. And I do think that spurred me on for the weight loss. Um, so um, in my goal was kind of in six months to lose the 25 pounds. And um, basically I did, you know, I, but I, and I, as through that six months, you know, I started, I went from someone who used to think that I was alert. I didn't think I did, but I kidded that I was allergic to vegetables and exercise and, um, you know, to suddenly, um, really liking both those things. I was making all kinds of cool veggie creations for my lunch. And I was walking in the woods, you know, three three, four miles a day and, um, you know, getting those 10,000 steps in on the Fitbit and um just like uh it was you know i just lost, i lost the weight and then it just started i started really thinking about sort of identity like how could this be like everyone was saying you know what did you do with jill because i was such a different person that's my blog actually what did you do with jill.com um because that's what you know everyone was asking me my family um and things like that because i just became such a different person and um I found that really fascinating but so so what happened was I you know really kind of just suddenly I had to write my you know SEO newsletter which I had been doing for practically all of that 17 years every other week and I just didn't want to do it like I'm just like you know I just don't want to do it I just rather go out in the woods and take a walk or do some yoga or eat some vegetables (laughs) and um I just didn't want to. And then I, I, so I remember, um, I like emailed my, uh, proofreader who was always on board on Wednesdays to get that, um, newsletter out. And I said, you know what? I just can't do the newsletter. And this was like, for me, like what, you know, (laughs) that was the one thing I did every other week that was on my schedule that, that was a, you know, non-negotiable. And she's like, um, okay. I said, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll do it next week, but I, or, or the week after, but I, I just can't do it. I have nothing left to write about. And um, right at, soon after that, like a couple of days later, I just was like, you know what? I just don't even want to do SEO anymore. And it was so weird because, like I said, it wasn't something I thought about. I, I, I had been loving it up to that point, but it just hit me. And when I kind of made that decision, like I felt like it was just my inner guide or something, just like, you know what? You're You're done you've done it all. And, and at the time in the industry, you know, things were, I had always been advocating for, um, doing SEO, the, 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 what I call the right way, you know, with just making a great website that, and that's what search engines will want. You have good content on it and they'll, they'll show your site eventually <laughs> because it's good. And at the time, it seemed that that was actually finally starting to work more, you know, like the search engines kind of came around finally to my 
um, what I had been saying all along. And so it, it seemed like a really good time to, to leave. I felt like my, you know, it was like my work here is done. And, um, yeah, so that's what happened with that. And that was in the very, uh, near the end, that was October, 2013, I believe. And right away from there, instead of writing, um, my, I just like switched over from my SEO newsletter to just writing about my, um, journey with losing weight and getting healthy and writing, you know, putting in recipes of healthy things. And, and I just, I just switched over to the blog, like within a, a week and just any insights I would get, I'd start writing about. And, um, so it was kind of cool because I just, I just sort of just transitioned right into doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Like, I, you know, it's really helpful because if you think about it, and I'm actually thinking of a startup concept based on this is that if you think about it, you become more accountable when you have to basically put it out there. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, people struggle with that. Like I struggle with that. I used to say, if I'm going to put myself out there, what if I fail? Everybody's going to see me as a failure. But I also think that if you're so committed, then that never becomes an issue. So like my whole startup idea is like creating this whole accountability type of like social network where people are going to be putting themselves out there in a way that, you know, they have community members pegging them on and making sure that they continue, um, you know, pursue their whatever goals that they have, whether it's fitness, weight loss, combination of the two or who knows? I mean, hopefully it can like extend to things like smoking cessation and, and whatever else you might habits you want to basically get out of. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, I, I, yeah. I agree. I, I remember hearing, I remember reading some book back then about losing weight and, and it suggested make sure, you know, you tell somebody, at least tell someone, because I, I normally like to just do stuff on my own. But um, there was something about that when someone else knows, you know, that you're at least held somewhat accountable and it makes it, it does make a little difference. Biggest challenge though is that where do you tell somebody? So I think that if you're posting to, for example, Facebook or Twitter, you have followers that are following you specifically for other reasons. So they're not necessarily, you know, your advocates when it comes to this type of thing. So that's actually why I'm trying to create a network that's exclusive to that type of behavior change because I think people would the only type of people who would be interested are the people who like you know it's like you know we go we join Facebook groups because we're only interested in certain type of things and we don't necessarily care about like the diverse personalities of our friends unfortunately you know some people are polarizing in their politics you don't necessarily want to follow that kind of thing so it's Mm -hmm. like having the exclusive focus on on these behaviors so I know I've been toying around with this idea for a while and maybe see if we can materialize it and see if people will do it. But I think it's so important. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the for me too, the being a lifestyle change um, aspect of it is so good because, you know, so many people go out, they lose weight and then they gain it all back and then they lose weight and they get, you know, and they gain, they always gain back another five or 10. And, um, you know, I've been, lucky enough that having made it a lifestyle change it's you know it's it's stuck that was 2013 and I'm in you know I'm going to be 60 in a month and um you know I'm in the best shape of my life and 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 look you know way younger than I am you know my 
daughter had said when I first lost the weight that I looked younger and seemed younger than when she was in high school and she had already been out of high school for, you know, 10 years. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I know you wrote about like anxiety to some degree and you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. I would love to like learn a little bit, I guess, I guess we're, we'll go into like, I don't know if this is your adversity story, but assuming it is, and if it's not, then I guess you'll let me know. But mm-hmm. like, I, you know, you're very open about that. And I think that it's issues like that are still very stigmatized. So being able to put that out in the open is like, you know, something that I think a lot of people are grateful for, but yeah, would love to hear a little bit about like where, uh, you know, a little more about that story. Sure. Um, yeah, so I ended up writing a book. It's called Victim of Thought, Seeing Through the Illusion of Anxiety. And um, it, it's available on uh, Amazon, basically, in all different formats. But um, that came about um, because, as I said, I sort of thought it was really um, fascinating how my identity changed um so much for in six months you know which was a very small portion of my life <laughs> and um so I, I sort of started getting interested in that like how, how how does identity change it feels so fixed in our minds you know we are who we are we're this person who hates vegetables we're this person who this you know we always every day we say things like that well I don't like this or I like this or well I'm the kind of person who does whatever. And I sort of started exploring that a little bit without, you know, in hindsight, this is how I describe it. But, um, and um, I came across some interesting um, things, you know, online about, about our thoughts, creating our experience and our thoughts, creating our reality. And I was like, you know, it just, it sounded true, but I didn't understand really what it meant um, I had listened to this guy named Michael Neal, which anyone can look up. He's a really, um, interesting, very well spoken. He's got a lot of books out there too. And, um, he kept saying, and I, I didn't understand what he meant, but I, it just, you know, it resonated with me. So I, I asked my husband to listen to this talk. Um, I'm like, you know, this, this guy, he's, he's super, he seemed like a genius. And I thought he was maybe talking about something sciencey and my husband likes science. So I'm like, maybe you can understand what he's saying and you can explain it to me. So he, he listened to it too. And then, you know, at some point we were, I was like, he's, he told me he listened to it and I'm like, well, okay, so what did he say? And he goes, well, I think he's just saying that thoughts create our reality. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but what does that mean? And then one day, I was having, we were, I was making dinner and um, we had been, as I said, going to bars a lot, but because I had gotten healthy, I sort of was trying to avoid that food sometimes. So I was trying to cook more, but my husband still liked to go out. So I was cooking and he, and I said, okay, dinner's ready. And he said, okay, but he said it in a, in a, way that I thought was like, okay, or, you know, like I came in. So, so this one word, you know, okay, he said, and then, you know, he, he, he came and he, and he ate, but we, it was like this silence, like between us, um, there was this tension in the air and I'm in my whole head was going, you know, what is he mad at me? Or, you know, he doesn't want to eat at home. He wants to go out and this whole thing going on in my head. So the, the so the next day when I had 
heard when I heard again listening to something that said your thoughts create your experience or your reality I was like oh my god that's what happened last night like all my husband said was one word and yet and and I had and I was just like the whole night in this tizzy of you know blah 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 blah, blah all this stuff going on in my head of, of of what might be happening and and the, I felt you know horrible he did he ended up going out to to a bar and stuff and I stayed home but the whole rest of the night I was just in my head one you know with all this anxiety going what's going on and 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 then I got it like I understood what that meant so that's what that means you know if I'm feeling crappy it's because it's just thoughts happening in my head it's you know one how can one one word from somebody else isn't actually what's creating me to be anxious. It's my thoughts about that one word and the story that I created around it. And um, so once I started to really understand that concept and how much it's thoughts creating, just like everything that, anything that we feel, it's, you know, if we're feeling a certain way, it's a gauge of what's going on in our head, what, what thoughts are there. And because of that, I started um, observing my thoughts more. Like I had been listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle too, if you heard of him, oh, The yeah, Power yeah, of, of Now. Course, the power yeah. Of now, yeah. And he, yeah, he's really good. And he, he had always said, um, you know, observe your thoughts during the day. Just just observe them. You know, you don't have to, you can meditate and stuff if you want, but but just every now and then during the day, observe your thoughts and just notice what's going on there. And I always thought, oh, that sounds like a good idea, but of course never did it. But at, at this point, I finally started doing that. And um, just every now and then remembering, observe my thoughts and realizing just how much was going on there. And there was something in the observation of thoughts that quieted down my thoughts. Like, it's like, the, I, I liken it to like cockroaches. When you shine a light on them, you know, they scatter and, and thoughts are kind of like that as well. You, 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 you shine awareness on them and they scatter. So my mind um, overall just started getting a lot clearer. Like I, I, there was one point where I was laying down in yoga in the Shavasana at the end. And usually, you know, my mind would be blah, 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 blah. But all of a sudden one day that the thoughts parted, it was like, clouds parting and it got like super silent and then I got scared and, and they all kind of came back but I was like whoa what was that and um and that's how I realized when I started living more from that place with a much clearer head I realized how much anxiety I had had my whole life that I didn't even know because it was my normal like but just when you you know I had this clump of thoughts going on in the back of my head my whole life ever since I was little and and thinking that anything could come around the corner and make me anxious um, you know always looking for the next thing what that's going to disturb my peace of mind and and somehow with when I got this whole thoughts create my feelings not the outside world it's an in it's an inside job um it just like the anxiety just fell away. Like um, the, the 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 big clump in my in my head just kind of dissolved at that point. And and that's not to say that I don't get anxious. I still do, but it's like it's a different thing because it deep down I know that it's not coming from the outside world. It's coming from within, and um, and it's not who I am. It's just crazy 
you know, we all have a crazy person that lives in our head and, and it's, it's that crazy person. Um, and, and I don't have to listen to what the crazy person says. It's no different than if, you know, I don't have to listen to the, the homeless guy on the street who's yelling crazy things at me as I walk by. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. All those, that noise in our head is, is 99% not valuable. Um, and, and when you start to see that more. So, so my book kind of, I just really outlined this whole experience um, and, and, um, and um, the whole journey. And I do get a lot of people that email me and stuff and say, I had this, you know, the same thing when I was little, I went through this. And um, it's fascinating. We're all, we're all going through this. We all have anxiety. And, you know, anytime I meet someone on the street or in a store and I happen, if we get talking and I mention I wrote a book on anxiety, they're all like, oh, I need that. Like every single person. It's, and, and yet everyone feels like they're alone with it or that they're the only one or that theirs is worse than everybody else's. But it's, it's really, um, it's just, it's the human condition, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's so hard because, you know, it, there's nothing positive in terms of the, the stigma. It's still there. It's just people don't want to expose themselves. They don't want to put themselves out in the open. And, you know, even doing that for myself, I've, I'm getting the same thing privately. But it's interesting. A lot of people are also like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm okay. But, you know, I still struggle. And I actually had, you know, I've had pretty bad anxiety and I had depression. This past weekend, I had, uh, there was an unknown that could have potentially uh, appended uh, my entire, entire world. So without knowing what was going to happen, um, I had extreme anxiety. Thankfully, things aren't as bad as I hoped, but like, you know, that's the way you are. And I, you know, I kept going back. It's like, it's like when you start to rationalize and whatever, but that's obviously, you know, the extreme. And I I would say for me, that's, that was my extreme. I think for other people, um, you know, there's no reason to, to have that like level of anxiety. It's, it's really how you interpret other people's feelings and thoughts. And, and, and that's, it's, it's very difficult. You know, one of the books that I'm a big advocate of besides Eckhart Tolle, which by the way, I've never been able to um, really kind of focus on my thoughts in the way that he's talked about. Like he's very meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't do it. I've tried, I've tried, or rather I just don't have the patience to try. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. um, you know, one of the other books that I really like, and I'm a big, big proponent of it is, um, is Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Essential, uh, whatever, Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. And he, one of the uh, chapters, I really like, it's one of the things that I stick with, keep with me all the time. It's that optical illusion where you see the old woman and then you see the young woman. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is that, you know, everybody sees the world differently and it's how you, like, it's ultimately like you have to be res- appreciative yep. of the fact that the, the diversity in the world. But I think it's also, it really kind of lends itself to what you're talking about in the sense that our perceptions are not usually the reality. Everybody has their own lens and they see things differently. You know, like it's yeah. key. Yeah. That is so key. I mean, that that's, you know, sep- I, we all have separate realities. I, I, I say, and it sounds, you know, people who don't un- quite understand what you're saying, it sounds kind of crazy how can we have separate realities, but we literally do because our conditioning, you know, like everything that's ever happened to us and, and our genetics to a certain extent as well, you know, everything that anyone's ever said to us, 
or or anything that's happened to us it 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 just it's a program in us you know and we're just computers like and or robots and we we get programmed by all these things and so that creates our experience our thoughts you know what thoughts come our triggers all those things based on all that stuff and so everybody's is different we have overlaps of course um but it's it's so often so hard to um see from other people's points of view like like you can kind of uh think of it like when you like a certain uh flavor of ice cream you know like i like chocolate and i you know and i think i used to and my husband would like like something which I thought was gross, you know, maple walnut. And I'm like, what? You know, how, how can that be? Like it, in our minds, we just like it doesn't even compute that anyone could like maple walnut ice cream or whatever, <laughs> right? And we and we do, but we do that about everything. And and but but, but you know, our, in our minds, we are so right, and but we're not. It's just our. That's just our program. Yeah, that's the other the other book, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, and yeah, no apologies for the cursing. Don't worry, you you can even do it too. But um, he, you know, Mark Manson, like he talks about in his book that you know, five hundred years ago, like I guess the research that we knew to date was at at that point was like sophisticated research, and now we look back at it like seriously. Like I was reading another book. I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to like throw books out here, but. Um, Bill Bryson's Body, uh, Our Bodies, uh, A Guide for Occupants, um, which is a great book. And they were talking about like in the 1700s, one of the, this one guy uh, was insistent that we needed to, um, that, that, that doctors needed to wash their hands before, you know, any type of medical procedure. And the doctor at the time um, was, was ousted. He was ostracized. He was, mm-hmm. because they thought he was crazy. And it wasn't until after he died that he was quote unquote redeemed. But by then he was like nothing. I think his name was like Semmelweis or something like that. Semmel, yeah. I heard that that even took like 200 years to actually become like a actual real um, habit thing that doctors did. I don't know if that's true. Crazy. So like just, you know, everybody like our reality is insane. And like in 500 years now from now, we're going to be looking like, I mean, we have a pretty like, happy and healthy sophisticated reality i mean ignoring covid and everything but you know like we we're very lucky to be it's the best time to be alive right now 500 years from now hopefully the world will still be in a, in a good intact and everything will be will be good but that that just it just blows my mind that you know this is this is the way of life i don't really know yeah it it's it is it's it's fascinating and the more you can understand that separate reality thing like it create it makes relationships just so much better because you can if first you got to really see it in yourself i think like you know that how how we're creating our own reality and how it's our thoughts that are doing it and it's not other people and then you can start to see what's happening in other people and have a little more compassion for them that they're not purposely most of the time not purposely trying to bug the crap out of you or or you know they're just living their own reality and 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 also that their words don't always mean what you think they mean too um you know like the whole mars and venus book um but it's it it helps relationships so much it was my next book was if i ever get around to it is would be would be on relationships um 
because it just takes so much sting out of relationships of all kinds. Right. It's, it's, it definitely um, fosters the sense of empathy. And it's really, I'm glad I'm having this conversation with you because I've been trying for very many months and even years at this point uh, to articulate this, this mentality that people, they see things in their way and, you know, their tone, like, for example, that okay, you know, you interpreted it one way and it was meant potentially, you know, another way. And we need to get, we need to be at the point where we, you know, understand that everybody's a victim of their own circumstances. I, the word victim doesn't even sound right, but. Of their own thoughts. That's my yeah. book. Victim of thought. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> there's, a, there's a meme or something out there I've seen on LinkedIn um, or perhaps elsewhere. But like, you know, they show you this big long line and they say, um, and then, they, then they, they color out like a color, like a little tiny sliver of that line. And they say, this is the only stuff you know about this other individual. They, you know, they're dealing with other things, have some empathy or whatever it is, and try to understand that you don't understand what a whole person is dealing with. And yeah. it's, so, it's so important. And I try to do that. I try to kill with kindness now. It's sometimes really hard, you know, people it in is general. Really hard. Yeah, and, 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 and people in general, like, you know, they're, they're out to, they, they disagree with you. And yeah, like, you know, like you said, no one's really right. It's, that's the Mark Manson mentality. Like, nobody's right. Um, yeah, I, I have a million blog posts about all these things. I'm just looking at my site now, like some of the topics were, why is it so difficult to agree to disagree? Um, you know, like, th th it's so hard, right? You don't want to be like the one to... To, to just because because you know so much you're right <laughs> yeah you know it's really interesting because like i embrace the diversity in such a way that i appreciate the fact that people will disagree with me and mm -hmm. i'm okay having respectable conversations respectable disagreements on facebook not that i can change anybody's mind but i definitely have like recently i had an argument about uh, a political not really so much of a political matter not like more of an um uh, international affairs matter and you know I had a conversation and it was very respectful and I sent I sent them like you know here's here's what's actually going on in, in, in that area and instead of like having that conversation in a, in a way that was a positive thing it was like let me unfriend her and hmm. she unfriended me and I was like you know what I would totally have beaten a dead horse with you respectably but like you don't and you know what? It, it, it didn't hurt as much as it used would have potentially done because yeah. I recognize that I doubt I would be a victim of my own thoughts. So yeah. it's, it's so, yeah, it's so interesting because very few people, I'm like that too. Like you say, you know, I, I want to hear all sides of the stories. I try to keep an open mind. I, you know, I still have my biases, of course, but I do want to hear if we live in our own little bubble and won't listen to anybody else's things or we unfriend everyone who disagrees with us, you know, you're never going to grow and learn. And, um, it, you know, so I, I do, I, I'm, I'm like that, but I think it's fairly rare, especially in this very, very polarized world we live in now, you know, it's sadly. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something about that. I'm, you know, this whole, uh, growing and whatever, and this is going to, this is going to be the weird part of the podcast. So yeah. I was interviewed for a different podcast. Uh, you know, this woman I met at one of these like online digital events, uh, connection, digital connector or whatever online zooms and she like she she loved the fact that i'm like talking about like leveraging all five senses and whatever else and she said you know what i she she she's a very big advocate of brian weiss i don't know if you've heard of him 
Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, so you're familiar. Okay, so it's I like the weird stuff. Don't worry, I can get really weird if you want. <laughs> have you done Have you done past life regressions ever in your life? I did the in between one, in between lines one. To that Dr. Um, Newton, Dr. Something, Robert. Uh, I forget his name, but. Go on, though. Finish her. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of a background for anybody who's into this. So she, she was very into this, and she's like, I met Brian Weiss, and like it changed my life. And she was like, she's like, she tried to sell the whole, whole concept. I will say, I am and I was and still am, but like maybe less so a skeptic. Um, you know, I had the, the book. He writes this book, Many Lives and Many Masters. So I read that, and I actually tried one, and the hypnosis definitely worked because physically I could feel all that stuff. But I was never able to, and I think that's because I have lots of lines of defenses. So yeah, so so sorry, Brian Weiss. Let me let, backing up. Brian Weiss is this therapist. He was a traditionally trained Columbia, uh, I think he also Columbia University uh, trained psychiatrist, and he had a, a patient who who wasn't getting better after many many months of therapy. So he decided to hypnotize her, and he asked her about her early life, uh, early life. And she started talking about some abuse that she endured. And then he asked her anything before that. And she started talking about previous lives, like ancient Egypt and like random places that were not in the current 21st century. And I, and she was like, and, and he was like, added, he, did, he, was a, he was a skeptic also. He was in much disbelief, but he kept doing this. And each time he, he regressed her, he learned more about her. So she had 86 lives and, 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 he, and the, the interesting thing about her is that you can either go into your life or you can go, like, as you were talking about, the in-between. So the, the, in the actual, like, life, she, he, she learns, like, there are lessons that she takes away. But in the in-between, it's, like, voices that aren't from her, and it's, like, the soul is kind of talking. And mm-hmm. so they talk about growing, 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 and that's the whole idea is, like, the soul comes back again and again and again and becomes eventually perfect and then, quote-unquote, immortal. Again, there's a lot of skepticism that I have because this is, like, still outside of my element so i tried i did i did one and um i i think there was too many defenses i think i was making things up as i went along i didn't really see anything um that's what it yeah that that was the same for me that it like i'm skeptical too about it but i i i it feels true like there's so many people that have these experiences that it seems true but as you're doing it yourself it's very much the same as what you said like i i was definitely hypnotized because it you know the time went by super fast and but I, I did feel like I was making it up too I mean and the guy's like well just ignore that fact <laughs> <laughs> yeah you told me just go along with it so this this actually happened to me literally a week ago today uh, so oh cool I, so it's so it's so new but at the same time I, I feel like I still can't get around the, mon- the concept that I actually have more than like one life like I just I, I really I couldn't see much but yeah in terms of the hypnosis like he did a test He's like, put your left arm up, put your right arm up, let your left arm feel like it's being lifted and let your right arm feel like it's being hit by like, like being uh, like a lead, like lead and lands. And like the way my hands responded, absolutely. The hypnosis was there and my Fitbit, sorry, not my Fitbit, but like, cause I don't have a Fitbit. Uh, my whoop, I have a whoop uh, heart tracker and I have a, um, an or I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to this. I have an aura uh, sleep tracker ring and I have a Garmin watch. And all three of them thought I was taking a nap because my heart rate was so low. So like, mm. the, it, it definitely had that, but like, it was just, I couldn't, I, I, I still think there's just so many defenses that are preventing that access. So it's really, it's, it's interesting. 
Yeah. It's, it is interesting. I mean, I love that. Have you ever read the Seth books um, by Jane Roberts from the 1970s? She supposedly channeled this entity named Seth. And uh, I actually do it. I'm scared. I do I do a book club. On, I mean, just we're actually tomorrow finishing the, the last um, session of it um, on the, the book called The Nature of Personal Reality. It's to me, it's not the best book I've ever read. And um, which is why I wanted to do the book club on it. And um, I, anyone who's interested in this kind of stuff about creating your reality like that, I highly recommend that book. Okay, I will check. Uh, I don't know. It's not. Well, I know maybe it's scary. Um, it, it does take. I find that you have to kind of gradually come to this stuff, like, like, and that then it becomes more and more your what your your beliefs are. Because I mean, in the Seth books, he basically says, you know, everything is based on beliefs. Whatever we see in the world is completely based on our beliefs. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, like, there are certain things like you, you and I, all of us, have been wronged by people, and. You know, like I, I had to make come to terms with some some stuff that I've dealt with, and I remember my psychiatrist saying, you know, you and I see it as completely illogical, but you know, this happened, and this is this made sense to this person. I still can't wrap my head around some of those things, but th that's their reality. You know. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, if it's bad things, you know, they were that had bad things done to them and you know so you don't know what they're, what's going on to them as well and then there's also the fact that if you do believe in the past life things or or even that we, we could if you believe i believe that this is sort of a dream that we're in or a virtual reality that that we're we're experiencing here um and that you know well we're actually somewhere else with our goggles on and and we're gonna um, wake up and be like, oh, wow, <laughs> that was wild. Let's do it again. Um, there, but an episode of, of uh, what's it called? Chicago Med, I think, with that. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's, it's, but the interesting thing with that is you also, because if, if it is a dream or a game, right, then we could choose to come in as some, as, as a, invalid or something you know just to experience that like if you were playing an actual game you might want to try a different character you know and and people supposedly make plans together to be you know i'll be the mother you be the the daughter who has the the problem or you know and and when you when you hear about some of the people who had um um near-death experiences stuff like that there's so much of that kind of thing another favorite book of mine is natalie sedman's um, book she had a near-death experience thing and it, it helped me see it, it, it changed my perspective like with my adult daughter that I that lives with us still who has a lot of issues and I, I I had had the perspective well it seems to me like why would you just come into this world and kind of waste your life like just by doing nothing and just have this wasted life but then after reading that book I, and thinking about, well, what if, you know, she chose, it's actually pretty brave to choose to come in with a, with a, you know, a kind of mental condition that um, nobody would really choose to have in, in, on this level, in this world. But if, 
if at a different level, if you, if you know it's a game, you just want to experience that, you know, and then we have to go through it together too. Like there's so much, it's, it changes your perspective on life. And I know some people don't like that. They don't, they, they think, well, well no, what, I would never choose to have these bad things happen. And that's true at this level, but it's another level. You're, it's a different perspective you're looking at it from. in the context of this so you know again being a skeptic i'm whatever it is what it is so stefan spencer i i don't know if you know he's also oh, yeah. kind of into this whole mis mysticism type of life these days oh it's, this okay. started, i think this just started about five months ago and mm -hmm. i you know i was sitting there one day and he randomly reached out to me he's like i had a, i had a, a vision to like speak to you and i'm like and he told me all about his whole thing and i'm like Holy crap, like, it was just such a random message from him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's a mutual friend of ours for everybody. <laughs> so it's it so random to just hear from him. But, like, he had this, like, vision, and he's basically aligned with this whole thing. And he's like, I was told, like, I got this voice. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I don't know. But it's, like, maybe solidifying this stuff. He's like, once you let these voices like he's very into this angel like angels communicating once you let their let them speak to you like you'll you're, you're gonna feel better he, w he was living in israel um with his wife and his child and they were told right before all of the violence in israel to move to get out and he made it out just in time so, wow i mean and he, he says it's all about this whole system of belief so really interesting Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's good to be skeptical, like you say, I'm, I'm skeptical too, and, and skeptical, does it means that you still have an open mind about it, you know, as long as you leave a little crack open um, that, you know, well, maybe this is true, or what if it is true, then you can explore it and still, you know, but you don't have to just go along and drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's funny, my son, my 12-year-old son is just like, I don't believe it. And my nine-year-old daughter is like, I think it's so cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't want them to watch. Because the, so the hypnosis session that I had was over Zoom. And I did not want my kids to watch. I said I couldn't, I couldn't possibly go and watch this. Have them yeah. watch it. Uh, I don't even think I could go back to that. I mean, there was nothing exciting there. It was just like really kind of just creepy. <laughs> did, you did you get a record? Did you get a recording? Yeah, I did. So I was, I yeah. started watching and I saw myself laying in bed and I was like, not going to watch anymore. That's it. You didn't want to, you didn't want to hear what you said. Someday listen to it. I mean, I remember and he took notes as well. So mm -hmm. there's that. But like I said, I, just, I still feel like I just made it up just to go along with the whole idea and feel like I had to do something at that time. And it didn't go so fast for me. It went actually pretty slowly. It felt like uh, it was real time. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess we're going to maybe get close to wrapping up, but I wanted to know, like, so self-care yoga, like, is, is your self-care regimen, what, how are you surviving these days? And there's different things um, you just mentioned, or? Yeah, I just, yeah, still just kind of, my, my things have changed what I like to do, like my, when the COVID, uh, coronavirus hit, my yoga studio place, which also did bar classes, 
um, went virtual. And so that was good. I just kept doing those classes. And then they added some, they added this uh, infernal hot Pilates class that was awesome that I was doing. So I was actually getting in even more shape <laughs> during that time. Now we've moved out of state and, um, but I could still, I was still doing those classes for a while. Now I'm exploring what I might do here in the new area, either sign up for a new gym or just keep doing some online stuff. But I just, yeah, I, you know, walk and I just try and, um, I just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm basically retired, so I have the luxury of pretty much just doing what I want. I listen to a lot of podcasts and audio books and um, just kind of living the good life right now. Yeah, you're very lucky, and I guess you're still exploring the new hood. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We're in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. It's a great place. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we have a good year. But I also am happy to speak to anybody. I don't really do this for work. I don't charge people. But if people just want to, you know, if they look at my book and have questions or read my blog or and um, just or just have an issue they want to talk about, I'm happy to do a Zoom calls and stuff with people. So, yeah, so let's talk about that. The next step is how do people find you? They can go to whatdidyoudowithjill.com um, and or just look me up on Facebook. Um, or Twitter even now and back. I had been off Twitter for years because it was all SEO for me years ago and I finally just recently got back on and and there. But um, yeah, or, or just jillwhalen at gmail.com. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and I guess I have the final question for you is, if you can give an earlier version of Jill some advice, what would you tell her? Oh, wow. Huh. <laughs> the loaded question. Yeah, it's interesting because... I feel like in some ways I had to go through all the things I went through to get where I was, to get where I am. So I'm not sure that I'd want to know stuff. I don't know. I guess I would, I guess I would say you create your own <laughs> reality, um, even though I wouldn't have got it. So, <laughs> but I think that's like the most important thing for people to know in life. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. This has been I really enjoyed this. I hope you did as well. I did. I did. Thanks. It was nice to catch up again. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. If you like the Common Sense Podcast, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, and write your review. Thank you so much. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.